Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, Episode 9. But I'm certainly an enthusiast. Recorded January 19, 2012. And brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. All right. Episode 9, the fluorine episode. I've decided, at least until I forget to do it or get tired of it, that I'm going to name each show based on the number of the elements. Uh, so episode uh, number nine, element number nine is fluorine. So welcome to the fluorine episode of the periodic table. My you can thank your bright, shiny smile to this episode. That's fluoride, which I guess is a, a <laughs> derivative of fluorine. Right? Yes, it is. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. Fluorine's a gas. It is, right? Yeah. In its natural state, I believe. Yeah, fluorine's a gas, and then when you combine it and turn it into um, a liquid state, it becomes fluoride. Like and we didn't even get to the intro before I broke it. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Mark Cockrell. With me, I have this week, Mr. Aaron Butler, the former fat guy from the One Meal, One Workout podcast. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? AKA the show breaker. Well, I think we all have that. We are. We are. We're equally good at that. Hello, everybody. And also, Mr. John Mikulski of the Tightwad Teacher. Hey, John. Hey, everybody. How you doing tonight? It's good to be alive. Happy to be here. <laughs> and the incomparable co-Tightwad Tech, Mr. Sean Keibel. Hey, Sean. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. I will pray that my audio behaves tonight. Well, uh, mine probably won't in that case. If yours, <laughs> if yours does, mine won't. Right. All right, guys. Anything you want to talk about in your own personal lives before we get into the news of the week? Well, I could talk about losing my big toenail, but that would just gross people out and make them all nauseous and queasy and everything. And so I, I won't even mention the fact that my big toenail came off tonight. All right. I or, appreciate you not mentioning that. Yeah. <laughs> or that maybe you use scissors to clip off the part that was hanging. <laughs> At least you didn't bite it off. <laughs> Aaron, did you mute yourself? We can't hear you. I, I, uh, yeah. Yes, you did. Use the scissors to uh, clip just the side of it. Everything else came off easy. It's been loose for months. You mentioned biting. My brother, uh, he's going to kill me if he ever hears this, he used to bite his toenails when he was a kid. He could. Uh, Our roommate used to bite his toenails, Mark. Yeah, so, okay, he was a kid. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, no. Which one? Kenny. Oh. Kenny Cowan. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, he was a big old, like, six foot three and 250 pounds. You wouldn't think he'd be flexible enough to bite his own toenails. I guess if you do there, it your whole life. <laughs> there weren't any little guys in this house, were there? <laughs> there, there, were, were, there were. There were. Um, there were. Uh, there was. Well, at different times, there were about nine people who lived there. Not all at once. The most that was ever there at once was six. Yeah, and that's a that's lot. The main six that lived there for like a couple of years together were me and Mark, and we were the big guys. Then you had Russ, who was kind of the average guy, and Kenny was kind of in between Russ and us. He wasn't as big as me and Mark, but he was bigger than your average bear. Then you had Co, which was kind of short and stocky, and you had Randy, that was a kind of a beanpole, skinny guy. And, and the then one you had who Tommy, ate the most. Yeah, who ate the most? You had Tommy. You kind of throw him in there. They were in and out, but yeah, yeah. So Randy, as little little redhead guy, uh, stood five. 10, nine, five, ten, yeah. nine, somewhere around there, weighed 93 pounds soaking wet. And yeah, I worked at Mark, a, Don't exaggerate. It was 145, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I worked in uh, uh, at a burger joint called Brahms, and he would come in there and um, order two 
half pound cheeseburgers, two large orders of fries, and a 32 ounce chocolate shake. And that would be lunch. Nice. Now, that's a lot of food, but yep. for a little guy, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, he and I used to go in there together, and we would get, you know, Brahms had the, actually, they had the third pound burger mark. You know, I'm something of a burger guy, so I remember the detail. Third pound patty. So we <laughs> would have a triple meat burger. So we have a one pound burger, pound, right? a large order of fries. And when Mark or Kenny, who also worked there, served up your large order of fries, it was like a scoop, and then it just spilled out onto right. the plate. So it was really like two large order of fries. Oops. Yeah. And a half gallon of milk. That's what we would get. Because uh, that Brahms has his own dairy. We would get a half gallon of milk. And we would both eat all of that. Of course, I weighed 330 pounds. He weighed 145 pounds. And he was like, at the end, he's licking his fingers, you know. And yeah. I, he's like, can I, can I get <laughs> You going to finish that, Aaron? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you going to eat those last fries? We had a guy there, old guy. You know, you talk about cholesterol and all that sort of stuff. This old dude came in uh, three days a week and would get a uh, a chocolate a double dip chocolate uh, sundae. So that's two scoops with chocolate syrup and, and cherry, the whole thing. And then go and get a half gallon of half and half and pop a straw in it <laughs> and sit down and eat his ice cream and drink his half and half. And he was 85, 86 easily. And, and people said he'd been doing that for 30 years. So, you know, all this whole healthy eating thing, um, I think genetics plays more role in it than anything else. Now, do you guys have um, Perkins down by in Texas? Perkins is a big chain up here in New York. No. Okay. Well, it, it's kind of a you know like a, a diner, you know, a, a friendlies or a Denny's that kind of thing. And um, you know, a couple of years back, there was all the the to do about Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC doing the double down, where it was the the sandwich, where instead of it being a bun, it was just two pieces of chicken. Did you do you have that down there too? Yeah, I remember when they did that. Delicious. It's delicious, by the way. But apparently Perkins uh, wanted to outdo that. So they're actually selling right now a cheeseburger that is just a cheeseburger between two grilled cheese sandwiches. And that also is pretty amazing. I've seen those. I have seen those. Well, and they look absolutely fantastic. You actually feel guilty eating it. Like have As you you're the- eating it, you feel sorry for yourself for doing that. And it's funny that they even bother making it a cheeseburger because there's already cheese on the grilled cheese so you wonder at some point did someone get it and go hamburger i don't want a hamburger between my grilled cheese <laughs> put well, another John, slice uh, on this come on, come on come on down to the state fair of texas and you can get yeah. one of those deep fried fried <laughs> i saw a place well, on television where they put a hamburger a double meat hamburger between two crispy cream donuts oh there I, hey i've made pancakes with donuts before that's fantastic you uh you just take the the plain donuts and cut them in half, and then you you dip them in your your egg mixture, and you you make them like that, and they're fantastic. So, Aaron, what were you gonna say? I was saying, you you know, the when Taco Bell came out with a double decker taco, um, Saturday Night Live, I think it was, did uh, a spoof of it where they did, you know, they're like, you wrap a such and such, you know, you wrap your taco, and then you wrap it in a, uh, you know, um. A pancake, and then you take it and you wrap it in a waffle, then you wrap it in a pizza, then you wrap it like a duck and a taco. And then you, you batter the whole thing, you deep fry it. You know, uh, if I can find the link to it, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It, it was awesome. I want a Jumbaco. Uh, I really do. Have you seen those commercials? The Jumbaco. No. It's a Jumbo Jack with a taco on either side of it from Jack in the Box. It's not real, but I want one. <laughs> So speaking of fast food, you didn't think that we thought you thought we were just rambling there, but no, that was carefully orchestrated. A woman in uh, Washington, no, Los Angeles, excuse me, 
was arrested last week at a McDonald's propositioning um, patrons offering sexual favors in exchange for McNuggets. <laughs> you That's can't bad. make this stuff up. Right. So apparently she was standing there for quite some time and, and as somebody would pull up, she would open their car door and lean in and offer to do some specific activity in exchange for a six-piece chicken McNuggets. Well, that, that really goes to show what she looked like if no one took her up right. on it. And here's my favorite line of the article. I love it. Uh, whoop, I just lost my favorite line of the article. It says, um, witnesses reported the activity to police and she was arrested on suspicion of prostitution. <laughs> like she couldn't well, even get anyone to bite. That's funny. Arrested on attempted prostitution. Yeah. Suspicion prostitution. of. We suspect that maybe offering to blow a guy for some nuggets might be prostitution. We suspect. Oh, wow. Fun stuff. And nuggets. Then, nuggets. <laughs> nuggets. <laughs> she didn't even go for the value meal. She just wanted the entree. <laughs> now, that is value for your meal, though, right there. That's, uh, you know, I've well, heard I'm pretty- I think the nuggets are on the dollar menu. Like she really was shooting low. I've heard of will work for food, but this uh that takes the cake. Well, maybe maybe that's not her first time. I mean, maybe like the first time she went for a Big Mac and she didn't and someone get any takers, her down. so then she figured she dropped down. <laughs> so you're like bargaining with the woman at McDonald's. Right. Uh, wait, wait a minute. I haven't placed Morty yet. Let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> what can I get for a McNugget? But, yeah, I mean, you know, guys are coming through. They're like, ah, no, you're you're definitely not worth the number six. Yeah. <laughs> Does that come with fries oh. and a drink? I'm not so sure. <laughs> it's not worth it. Oh wow! And then John follows that up with the taco video. John, what's that? I, I, I stuck oh, that in here. That's that's what I was just talking about. Oh okay. That's for your, oh. your viewing enjoyment. I mean, if you if you can play a little bit of the audio, the audio does it, Mark. I mean, if we've got we've got time, I think, and it's worth it. Kind of put a capper on that first. Um, first thing we were just talking about. Sure, I can do that. Let's listen to the SNL Taco Town script uh, skit. Everything. <laughs> you tacos get any more kick butt than this? Oh, they're about to, all right. You at Taco Town. We take a crunchy all beef taco, smother it in nacho cheese, lettuce, tomato, and our special southwestern sauce. Then we wrap it in a soft flour tortilla with a layer of refried beans in between. Sweet. Then we wrap that in a savory corn tortilla with a middle layer of Monterey Jack cheese. Awesome. And it gets even awesomer when we take a deep-fried gordita shell, smear on a layer of our special guacamolito sauce, and wrap that around the outside. This is pretty big. It gets bigger because we bake it in a corn husk filled with pico de gallo, then wrap that in an authentic Parisian crate filled with egg, gruyere, merguez sausage, and portobello mushrooms. Can I eat it now? Sure. But not before we take the whole thing and wrap that in a Chicago-style deep-dish meat lover's pizza. Pizza? Now that's what I call a taco. Well, it's not a taco town taco until we roll it up in a blueberry pancake, dip it in batter, and deep-fry it until it's golden brown. Then we serve it all in a commemorative tote bag filled with spicy vegetarian chili. It's 15 great tastes all rolled into one. Taco town! The new pizza. 
It's a crepe taco pancake chili bath. Only at Taco Town. <laughs> All right, that was pretty awesome, but I have to say, you lost me with the blueberry pancake. I was with you. I actually would eat that up until yeah. the blueberry pancake. Well, yeah, the when blueberry I was at, pancake just makes it gross. When I was at the yeah, when I was at the software training that I went to um, up in Wisconsin, they were talking about they had a they had a they have a yearly party where they actually make those. Um, all, so I think even all the way down to the deep frying, they don't serve it in the commemorative tote. <laughs> but I don't know that actually anybody even really eats it. But they make one and put it out on the table. I guess so it's kind of some kind of running inside joke. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Where where would that be? Like, what part of the United States would that chain be from? Where would you place it? Because I'm thinking like Southwest. Yeah, I, I'm thinking New Mexico. That, mm-hmm. That's the yeah. kind of thing they would do there. Right. I could see it happening in Texas for sure. Everything's got to be bigger in Texas. Well, in Texas, every layer would be fried. So that's that's how you know it wasn't Texas. That's true. And so another McDonald's story, John. Yeah, this one comes from uh, more my neck of the woods, Philadelphia, and it's actually pretty gross. Um, The the story was aired on one of the local Fox stations. one of the McDonald's employees had a cell phone video of a mouse that had been sealed inside a package of buns and he filmed it for a while running around inside there. And then he reported that the manager just brushed some of the droppings off and continued to serve the the buns and they did a big expose on it. And it sounds like it's been going on for a while there, but um, kind of cool. And, and the thing that I was surprised by, it just came out uh, last Friday, so it's still pretty current. And uh, it has not hit YouTube yet. It's a, they keep pushing how it's their their news channel exclusive video. So I, I want to be the first to um, violate the upcoming SOPA and <laughs> share it with the world before uh, before it, it made its way out. Um, you know, I, I'm having a hard time with this. Honestly, I'm watching the video, and um, it's disturbing. Like it's yeah. not even funny disturbing. It's just really gross. But to say that the mouse was sealed up in there, all right? So that's airtight. And a mouse is not going to live very long sealed up in an airtight bag. So, uh, are you saying that the – I don't think the accusation was that the mouse came from the from the bread factory, the bakery. I hope it isn't because it, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Mark. This is not a Bob and Doug McKenzie grow the mouse inside the beer bottle type right. situation. I'm sure he chewed a hole in the bottom of the bag and got right. in there in the store. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they said that there's all kinds of uh, prior – uh, notices and warnings and stuff from the health department. So it's not the first time this particular location has had an issue. It's just the first time that there's actually video footage of it. What was that? Was it, I think maybe coming to America where the guy says the, you know, roaches won't come if the food isn't fresh. That's how you know the food's fresh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you my personal experience. My friend Jim and I went to this little, uh, little taqueria there in Tyler, Texas. And the it's a little tiny place, like you know, size of your living room type dining area, you know, eight tables. And uh, the guy walks in the back room to get some some extra food or, you know, some uh, he had to like go through the the dining area to go in the back room to get another bag of flour. You know, the storage room was kind of in the back. He comes back out, walking by us. How's everything? Blah, blah, blah. Walks on the bus and he has a cockroach about three inches long sitting on his shoulder. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Jim, do you see his little friend? <laughs> and wow. Jim's like, yes, I saw his little friend. By that time, we didn't know it was there. No. Wow. And, uh, and we, you know. How do you say that? Uh, we couldn't. We were just in shock. We couldn't even say anything. We just let him walk on by. <laughs> We'd already eaten at that point, so it wasn't like we were going to take uh, 
take the food back out of our mouths. So well, it's like, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but the FDA <laughs> actually has regulations about how many parts per million of insect parts can be in a product. Oh, so, yeah, like grain and stuff, those kinds of products. You can actually eat a, a pretty sizable amount of bug before it's uh, actually technically considered unsanitary. Right. So it's just understood that's going to happen. You're going to get bugs in your food, and we just have to make sure that they're not at toxic levels. Because apparently, bugs, uh, well, bugs are a food source in a lot of other countries. Yeah. And on Fear Factor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I used to like Fear Factor when it was actually about fears. Um, yeah. But then it just turned into gross-out factor, and it just wasn't fun anymore. Well, I can tell you my three. If I get on there, I have three very simple things I want to pick. The first one is anything to do with water. I don't, I'm not scared of water at all. I can hold my breath a long time. Give me any of those water stunts. Secondly, I love snakes. I used to own two. Throw me in a pit of snakes and tell me to pick one up and hold it. I don't care. Right. I'll, I'll have no problem. Third, let me drive something off of a cliff, preferably <laughs> <laughs> into something else that's moving. It would, it would be the no fear factor if you did that. I would, I would have no problem with that show. Yeah, there was, <laughs> I think it was, it was early on, maybe first or second season. There was a woman there who was absolutely terrified of tattoo of needles and so they made her get a tattoo and i thought that was really cool because that's fear it's not gross out it's not uh you know gonna risk your life it's none of that sort of stuff it's it's really truly facing your fears and i thought that's when fear factor was good when people were afraid of heights they put like a steel cable on their back and make them climb a building or something it was really mm -hmm. facing your fears and then it just turned into pick this gross thing up and eat it yeah eating gross stuff to me is not really a fear I mean, that's just, like you said, it's just stupid. Right. That, it, it, I don't know. Uh, that that kind of ruined the show for me, too, when that when it became that every time. What gross thing can we make them eat? And is I hear, that still on? I hear it's coming it's, back. It's, it's, it's back actually now. is back. And so I wonder which way they're going to go with. Probably the gross. The gross. Act. They did the gross way. I, I saw a part of one episode, and they were eating maggots in blood, uh, Madagascar, hisking cockroaches, some kind of cricket, and something else. That was just disgusting. See, I prefer the shows that are more psychologically damaging, not just eat a bug because it's yeah. gross. I'd rather watch. Uh, I'd, rather, I'd rather be forced to watch twenty four straight hours of Wipeout. <laughs> love Wipeout. The, that show is not without merits. You know, it, it originally. I love Wipeout. Well, what was the original one that came EXE? out? Of, well, not came out. The one from like Japan where they did yeah. all the voiceovers. Yeah, see, like, when there's something like that. Yeah, extreme, it was like most extreme elimination, and now that that was pure gold. I'll never forget, you know, because they would always make up the names of the teams and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. the one, it'd be like, and here comes Mark Cockrell, uh, creator of the controversial kill and release program. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I'll I miss never forget that is American Gladiator. Now that was good television. That was. They tried to redo that one though, and it flopped a couple yeah. of years back. Yeah, I, think I yeah. saw a couple episodes. The, it wasn't the same. The women were hotter, nah. you know, than the original, but that was about it. I mean, it, without Larry Zonka, it's just it just couldn't happen. Well, they tried. You know, the hostess they brought in was uh, was uh, was uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter. Right. Is who Lady. they used, and she was and she was fine, but it just wasn't the same. All right. So the next news item this week. Uh, this is a serious one. So people sometimes complain that this show is all fluff. Uh, this is a serious, serious thing. Um, uh, I'm sure you've all heard, heard about the cruise ship that uh, um, has crashed in in uh, um, Italy, right? Or is it Greece? It was Italy. You know, that's right. It was an Italian yeah. cruise liner. Um, um, off, it was off the, off coast, the coast of, of Tuscany. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I think at last count, 11 people dead and uh, five still missing. Um, and yep. 
the the uh, Coast Guard, or I guess it's the Coast Guard, whatever the Italian version of that is, has some video, uh, some audio recordings of the leader of the Coast Guard talking to the captain after he had abandoned his own ship with people still on it, refusing to go back on. And uh, so it's all in it's all in Italian, but they've translated it um, for the transcript. And you uh, you hear this guy um, saying, "You go on board that ship, and you tell me how many people there are on there. Um, is that clear?" And then the, c- the captain shouts back and says, "You don't understand. It's dark in there." And he says, "And so what? You want to go home? It's dark in there, so you want to go home? Get on the prow of that boat using the pilot ladder and tell me what can be done and how many people there are that need that needs help now." And the guy refuses to do it. The captain well, just won't get back on the boat. And the latest thing I heard today was he's changed his story slightly, too, about what happened. Well, he, he fell. He fell into a life raft. <laughs> yeah. He tripped and fell into a lifeboat. Oops. He was, he was trying to save all these little children, and he tripped right into the lifeboat. Wow. And so I mean, it, the guy panicked. He was yeah. scared. I understand he's human. Uh, I don't know. I, is it is it the law? Is it really the law that a, that a, the captain can't leave the ship? It is in Italy. Abandoning the ship, he's he's facing twelve years in prison for that. See, uh, I'm amazed by that. You know, I I knew that, but I figured that was just like an old sailor's thing. Like you go down with the ship. I didn't realize that there's actual legal repercussions if you didn't go down with the ship. Well, it's a big deal. I mean, when you take on the those whatever three, four, five thousand people on that boat, their or, lives are literally in your hand. Yeah, I guess it's no different than I mean it. It is since it is a maritime position, it's almost a military type position. That'd be the same as a as a sergeant leaving his platoon, you know, with some men wounded because he got scared or whatever. I mean, there there would be there'd be repercussions for that as well. Am I correct, Sean? Right. Oh yeah, certainly, certainly. Yeah, that's um. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. I, it, it's cool that it's a law there. Um. Uh, but it, you know, it just seems like in this particular instance, his fear was like overkill. The guy was a real big wuss. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like he was out in the middle of the Atlantic and his ship was quickly sinking. I mean, this thing had essentially run aground. Right, it's still there. It's, right. it hasn't gone anywhere. Day <laughs> well, I mean, a cruise liner's not going to sink anywhere off the coast of anything. Those right. things are so big. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they found bodies um, in, wearing life jackets standing next to an emergency exit. And nobody went to get them out, and they flooded in there and they died. Uh, so it's interesting. The Coast Guard is actually blowing holes in the ship to make it easier to get in. Yeah. So they're they're putting small charges in and blowing holes about six to eight feet across so that they can get in easier. And they're already talking about what they're going to do with the hull after they they right. go through it all. They don't have to do with this big boat anymore. Yeah, they're trying to decide whether they can salvage it or just chop it up and sell it for scrap. But uh, right. yeah, I I I, I want to think. In that situation, I would be the big man, right? But the reality is, I may be in that rowboat with a, a load in my you pants. May be, you may be you tripping. <laughs> well, literally tripping into the boat. Right. That's what a story right. is. Yeah, but that doesn't explain why he didn't want to go back. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it's not that he has to go down with the ship. He's just, he's like you said, Mark, he's responsible for those people. So he needs to be. Uh, you know, with uh, within all reason, the last person off the ship, he needs to make sure that everything is taking place that can possibly take place to to save everybody on board. And not only and, that, he's going to be the one who knows the ship better than anyone else. Yeah, these right. Coast Guard people don't know the ship. They need somebody in there who knows the ship who can tell them, you know, this is the best way to get there, and this compartment yeah. may be flooded, so you need to go around there. 
Well, even right. just reading the the transcription in the article that you get the link to, you can you can almost the the frustration of the of the Coast Guard is almost palpable just even in the translation. You know that they're frustrated. Like, right. yeah, you you're our you're our best hope to save these people. And you're not helping us. Right. It's like <laughs> this isn't about you being scared. This is about people dying. Go do something about it. Yeah. Okay. Next. <laughs> Next story. That's not very controversial. We all agree on that one, but I thought it was one that we need to talk about. Yeah. School board rejects cougar mascot. Take it, Aaron. Yeah, I actually heard this on the radio, and I believe in ble- being fairly pit- politically correct when it's appropriate. I'm not somebody that's super tied up on that kind of stuff. But the school board, people, the, the school wanted, 23% of the vote won to pick the cougars as the mascot of the school. And then the school board rejected it because they were afraid they would um, uh, offend, and I quote, uh, because it could be slang for a middle-aged woman seeking a romantic relationship with a younger man. <laughs> they, they don't want to be called the Cougars because of a television show and because of a, a popular colloquialism that's you know kind of become vogue lately to be thrown around. I just couldn't believe it. I was just, uh, really. <laughs> I think this is a case where, just to, to, to go in their defense, they're not interested in seeking to avoid offending middle-aged women who chased after young men. They don't want to be associated. They don't want the stigma attached to their students. Yeah. You know, because uh, imagine the cheerleaders, right? Here come our hot cheer, uh, cougar cheerleaders, you know? And, I know. So I can understand well, that. That'd be, that'd be the same. They're, they're trying to avoid, I mean, you wouldn't want to name your team the woodpeckers either because it'd be like, here come the woodies. I mean, it would just, it's, it's, right. it becomes joke fodder. So they're, I'm sure they're trying to do that. But and I mean, if they were the, the corner canyon. So the corner canyon cougars, even alliterative. So they ended up going with the chargers, which I guess is fine. And, and now, of course, it's not like there's not another school in the country whose mascot is the cougar. Yeah. There's like this little school in Houston I hear of, I've heard of, you know, maybe Carl Little went there. I'm not sure. Uh, Anyway, well, here's the thing, though, because they also they back it that up. That's one of their reasons. This is in Utah. And they say, well, there's three other high schools and BYU University all use the Cougar as a mascot. So they're, they're, they use that as further excuses to why they turned it Therefore, down. Therefore, it can't be a good mascot. What? Well, right. I think they miss a, a prime opportunity to find the silver lining in every problem. They could have been the Corner Canyon MILFs. <laughs> 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 and you can guarantee that every one of their uh, events would be sold out every single time. That's, that's most likely true. Yeah. I think you just found the show title right there. I don't. I can't imagine that anything is going to be better than Corner Canyon Milfs. Yeah, I don't know. that's kind of pushing the rating just a hair, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you can put a couple of asterisks in it. I'm not sure. Well, <clears throat> that's almost. That's that's. It's just a half step away from Street Corner Milfs. That's just. Yeah. That's so close. So does that mean all their cheerleaders have to be pregnant? <laughs> no, they, no, but they the only thing their concession stand can sell are chicken McNuggets. <laughs> wow. Wow, way to tie stories together there. That's, you, you like that? You're getting good at this hosting thing. Oh. Yeah, working on it. Okay. Um, Pagan Speaking of Mom crazy things. Challenges Bible giveaway. Don't you dare give away Bibles because I don't believe in them. Actually, she didn't mind that as much. Um, it's... Uh, apparently the Gideons do what did what the Gideons do, which they delivered some several boxes of books to this, this school and in North Carolina, which is a, you know, fairly buckle of the Bible belt type area. 
and they made them available to those that were interested to stop by and pick them up. So they didn't stand in the hallway and give them out. They didn't uh, stick one in the hand of every student. They just let them be known that they were there. And this lady's son showed up. He's 12 years old at home with a Bible, and she herself practices witchcraft. Um, and so she was a little offended by that. And so she took a stack of uh, spell books to the, the school so they could put those and make them available as well. And the school turned her away. And that's where the real problem started. So, cause you know, basically the schools have two choices as I'm sure all you guys know, cause you worked in education, you either allow all of them or you allow none of them. Right. And so, um, I'm actually so, with her on that one. If she wanted to bring some yeah. other sacred text and put them in the office in the same way the Gideons do, I'd be totally fine with that. Right. And so, you know, traditionally, um, whenever, uh, whenever, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago when the, the less mainstream, um, less, uh, you know, lower, uh, what's the word, smaller population, you know, uh, religions were, were not as prevalent. It wasn't a big deal because it was pretty much Protestant, Catholic, and Judaism were the bulk. And now you've got lots of offshoots. You've got, of course, you know, like the, not only, the, which we already mentioned Utah, we've got, we've got Mormons, you've got the uh, um, Seventh-day Adventists, you've got the, what's the other one that's skipping mine right now, Jehovah's Witnesses. Not to mention the the uh, Muslims have got a, a a large presence in the United States now. Um, so yeah, it, in fact, and we're in Tyler, where we lived in Texas for for many many years. There was a grocery store chain there, Brookshire's, that was very popular. There were stores all over everywhere, and they would not allow any religious organization. So I could not, as a youth pastor at that time, I couldn't do a bake sale in front of a Brookshire's because they knew if they did it for one, they'd have to do it for all. And they didn't want to actively promote any particular one. So there was, it was a no go. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm with her, Mark. I agree. Uh, if you, if you're not going to do it for all, if you're not going to make it available to all, then, then don't do it. Now the school where I grew up, small conservative East Texas town, the Gideons, um, I'm going to say early in my career, the Gideons came into the classroom, gave a little speech and handed a, a kid a Bible uh, at every desk. Later on, when I was in high school, they were allowed to stand on the four corners of the campus with books and offer them to anybody who went by. So something, some policy changed there. Uh, and the idea was you can't do it on school grounds, but you're welcome to do it near us. As yeah, much as I, I know um, at the junior college in Tyler there, Gideons would stand out on the road between the campus and the parking lot and offer Bibles you know, periodically, because uh, I went, took I took a few classes there, and I, I'm I'm a big believer in what the Gideons do. You know, they do it the right way. They they are non obtrusive, and it's just we'd like to give you a gift that we think is important. If you think it's yeah. important, fine. If not, that's fine. And I think that's the way to do it for any religion. If you want to proselytize your religion, and and you should. I, I heard a a, a great uh, speech by uh, uh, Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller. And he said, if you are a believer, he's not a believer, he's, he's an agnostic, but he says, if you are a believer in any religion, it's your job to be proselytizing. Because how much do you have to hate somebody to not care if they go to hell? And that's yeah. what happens. If you, you say, if you don't believe in my religion, you're going to hell. And if you are then passive about your religion, you are thereby committing a hate crime. And so you should proselytize. Don't get me started about the hate crimes again, Mark. Right. Yeah. That'd <laughs> be the same thing as if I had a cure for cancer and I really believed it was a good cure for cancer. I knew there was lots of people around me with cancer. Would I hold that cure in if you want to call it the right. same thing? 
because Same it's idea. you know it's too it's too difficult and somebody might look at me funny and it's not well res- yeah. re- respected so i'm not going to do it but I, I i applaud the gideon organization because i think they do it right yep all right and uh, all right um cougars to bibles to condoms to condoms this is a a, show. a rather odd um legal proceeding the uh the city of los angeles county of los angeles i'm not sure which it just says los angeles uh it's a city is, is uh los angeles is in isn't it in orange county no, Los Angeles is, is Los Angeles County. It's in Los Angeles, Angeles County, but uh, this article cites the, the city. The city council is who approved this. All right. So okay. the idea is that apparently, and it makes sense because of the climate and everything, Los Angeles is a hub of pornography and porn shoots. You're saying uh, because it's warmer there so they can do more outside shooting? Right. And it's liberal. Because <laughs> of the it's climate? A, it's, a, it's a liberal place. and, and yeah, Oh, okay. That kind of climate. Uh, the both. The, the, both the political climate and the uh, uh, actual. Uh, they don't do a lot of nude porn shooting you know, in Minnesota this time of year right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody does more than one. Um, so anyway, uh, the city of Los Angeles has approved a measure that will require, require adult film performers to wear condoms so you if you are shooting a a porn in los angeles city limits and not wearing a condom that is a a criminal offense uh yeah and And it actually it is the city because at the very end of the article it specifically says i'm pulling it up and and i'm skyping in everything else and it's taking a second and it says the last line the rule would apply only to location sheets, but LA Weekly notes that most porn is made on location. Right. <laughs> yeah, because where else would they be, right? Wherever they are, exactly. that's where they are. <laughs> so, so um, <clears throat> I just I think that's interesting. That's the uh, the seatbelt law taken to its infinite <laughs> extension. Right? Yeah. The, they quote the one guy who says, "You really can't argue that people who go to work at a job really ought not to be putting their health at risk." I mean, are they saying that these people are being forced to do porn right. for a living and because they're being forced to do porn for a living, we should force them also to take steps to be healthy? I mean, they're just I saying it's part of the business. It's like businessmen don't complain they have to wear ties. Right. Or I guess they're saying construction workers don't complain that they have to wear helmets. Is OSHA involved in this? I I don't know. We're going to have inspections. (laughs) I know construction workers, and they do complain that they have to wear hard hats. They don't like them. Uh, But there's already a very strict policy in the porn industry of of testing regularly, and anybody who has been exposed to anybody with any STD, anybody who comes up positive, uh, you know, and they say that that makes it safe. On the other hand, Lots of porn stars come down with uh, uh, STDs every year, so it clearly isn't entirely safe. But, you know, I have to think that, sure, you're wearing a condom. That's going to cover some of the activities that take place in pornographic uh, uh, shoots, but not all of them. Uh, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of opportunities there for, for other Commerce. We can make a happen. body condom. A whole body condom, right. <laughs> Just zips right up the back front. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping bag porn. That's going to really take off, I'm sure. Yeah. Just run, uh, uh, wrap your whole body in uh, saran wrap, yeah. and then you're good to go. But I, I just think that's, um, as a as a conservative, uh, you know, strict constructionist political view, I think that's really very nanny state. Um, it's, it's a little crazy. I mean, that's literally coming into the bedroom or the kitchen or the dining room or, or where. All the location. Sometimes the elevator, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> they get creative on those. Building it up when you're going down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so okay. Uh, you know, none of these are are uh, controversial in any way. We all agree too much tonight. Yeah. Um, and so Eric, oh, Eric's I'll, the, I'll, the guy I'll, to disagree with everybody. I'll help you out, Mark. I think they shouldn't have to wear condoms. That's right. That? They should be able to stick their wanger wherever they want to. No, okay. But, and I'll play the the super conservative. I think they should wear two. <laughs> Double up go. on it. Double up. And on their hands, too, just to be safe. <laughs> Body condoms for everything. Each finger. <laughs> yeah, I think they should wear a parka, a raincoat. Um, okay. And so k- keeping on the uh, uh, theme of sexuality apparently depressed tebow fans uh when the game gets out of hand go look at boobs instead uh mark now you're just i uh, have to say you're you're uh, objectivizing these beautiful talented women that are participating in this <laughs> once, scholarship contest once prestigious scholarship competition well, isn't it, that's what that that article turned into that was really weird it started off with football fans migrating yeah. to the miss america show and then by the way, uh, it sucks now. like <laughs> bottom two-thirds of the article was all about uh you know how it's all about uh, objectifying these women uh, let's let's it always was you know let's let's not uh, mince any words here it was always about objectifying women guys like to look at pretty girls newsflash this is yeah. not surprising so well, uh when the when the cowboy uh, cowboys my beloved cowboys when the uh broncos patriots game turned into a route um they started out with huge ratings almost record ratings um and then when the game turned into a route the Miss America pageant, which started out with poor ratings, ended up having almost record ratings. So that entire audience in mass, and I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, I was one of them. I switched from <laughs> from the game to the Miss America pageant only because I know somebody who who has a relative who's sure. yeah. I, I, don't, I only, guy, Mark, I only read the articles. I didn't look at the pictures. Yeah. I just well, like to uh, look at their see, look at their talents or uh, watch their that, talents. Is that what you call them now, John? The yeah. talents. <laughs> and the winner, uh, she's a very talented individual, uh, to say the she's least. Great big tracks uh, of land. Huge uh, <laughs> tracks, of, tracks land. of land. Well, I cannot think of any um, beauty contest, scholarship contest now without thinking of the girl from the junior contest a couple of years ago with the whole – America needs maps to be able right. to find countries. Of <laughs> There's maps. too many schools yeah. that don't have maps. Right. I personally believe that was, she was great. Like such oh, as. Yes. Such as the maps. Yeah. And, yeah, and that was, clearly that shows that they round up the most uh, articulate and intelligent women uh, to compete in these pageants. And that looks honestly have nothing to do with it. They just happen to be attractive people. Right. So, uh, you know, and what I found was interesting about that article is they sounded somehow surprised. It's like, okay, the football watching guys like beer and boobs. Why is this surprising in any way? That's why there are cheerleaders on the side. Yeah, so. If, if guys like boobs, Mark, they would have like these girls in skimpy outfits right. that danced up and down the sidelines during the game. Right. That's just crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good, that's not a bad idea. Maybe, maybe they should start doing that, Aaron. Um, you know, Sounds like a plan. So, you know, naturally, when a game isn't competitive anymore, hey, there's this TV show here with 50 beautiful women wearing scanty uh, uh, scanty clothing. Is scanty a word? Uh, Scantily clad. Wearing scant clothing. Um, And so, yeah, of course they're going to switch to that. 
but you know well do you think that was an accident on the part of the uh, uh the network i mean surely the network probably was was hoping for something like that well i don't know that you got in that case you'd have to be hoping for a non-competitive game and you know and this was a game that was very touted so i i don't think so i don't think they well, had no but these are competing competing <laughs> networks i think it was a throwaway it was like right. we got to program something against tebow and brady what are we going to put oh, let's put the american well, yeah, let's put that on, and if, if the game's not anyway. going so hot or whatever, we'll get some uh, some carryover. And if yeah. not, nobody will still watch it, just like right. before. Still have a, it'll still have the same bad ratings anyway. <clears throat> All right, so next, let's go talk about something a little more serious. Uh, Sopapias. <laughs> Sopapias? <laughs> uh, what I'm calling Black Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is calling it that. Uh, Black Wednesday. Yesterday... Uh, some very high-profile sites, quote-unquote, went black. I'm doing air quotes in front of the camera like anybody cares. Uh, went black in regards, or went dark, uh, in protest to SOPA. Um, so the idea is that Wikipedia was one of the biggest ones. And if you, just if you want some fun, do a, a, a Twitter search yesterday you can go back and, and look at twitter history for wikipedia and look at the college kids freaking out what the f what's going on here i don't care about soap why are they so upset a, about soap? i have a research project due in an hour right <laughs> i've got a paper due in five minutes and i can't look anything up these I bet kids I use wikipedia 10 times a day yeah uh and so the idea was that that uh, some of the major sites would uh remove their content from the web i think it's kind of a bizarre protest you know, you're protesting the possibility that you might be removed from the web by removing yourself from the web. But it was. Well, I think very, they're trying to show you what it would be like if it happened. Right. But it was very effective. Uh, by midday, um, 21 sponsors of the bill in the Senate and the House had backed out, including the two original co signers of both SOPA and PIPA. Um, and the White House had issued a press statement saying that this bill, in no way, shape, or form, will. Um, be passed if it comes to us. So both SOPA and PIPA have been um, uh, indefinitely well, shelved. But something else will come along and and will well, will take it yeah, take its place. PIPA was just the newest, the new version of from. There was one in 2010 that was right called Papa or something. I don't remember, but it was <laughs> it was called Protect IP. Yeah, uh, and this is the Protect Intellectual Property Act, PIPA. Uh, if you had, and you, you kind of went long on that last sentence. If if I could have jumped in sooner after the word Pippa, I was going to make some kind of comment about the new royal couple, but I couldn't because it was too <laughs> long. So. Sorry, you're going to have to give me some flash me a gang sign or something. Let me know. Probably one of my favorite uh, blackouts last night or yesterday was uh, this website called The Oatmeal. And if you've ever been oh, to The yes. Oatmeal, it's, uh, the it's, oatmeal. A, it's a real tongue-in-cheek comic uh, website. And I just posted the link in the show notes, and I'm actually watching Sean laugh. So I'm sure that he's watching it right now. Yeah, and it, it was, it. It's, it's pretty hilarious. It's, it's really good. It's just uh, an animated gift that they made um, basically showing what they like to do and what they wouldn't be able to do if right. SOPA was in place. So... Um, yeah, I, you, I, go, go words to, can't describe it. It's have you really gone to good. The oatmeal today, because he put a graphic up. It's like list of of things I want to do. My bucket list, and at <laughs> the bottom of it was create a video that includes Oprah and Jesus and a goat uh, humping uh, something else. I don't remember what it was, and get it on CNN. And that was crossed out with the word done written. <laughs> CNN yeah. posted well, that, his graphic. 
that was his argument. You know, there's so many people who were asking me yesterday what SOPA was, and uh, I it was really hard to explain it to them in terms that they they would understand. You know, the, the layman's, I guess. And uh, and it, this this video or this this little video from uh, the oatmeal really puts in perspective. Yeah, the whole argument was if I want to take a picture of Oprah and put her on a jet ski riding around in with flaming Jesus. water with Jesus, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I'm fighting for. That's right. As an American, that's what I should be able to do. But it was interesting. Uh, uh, Wikipedia, uh, Google changed their logo to something with a with a, had been redacted. It was uh, you know the, a black duct tape over the logo, but you could still get to Google. And and most of the sites that did it, Engadget and uh, Boing Boing and those other sites, did it with the use of JavaScript. I don't want to get too technical. I don't know. All, not, not all of our audience is technical, but they just put some JavaScript in there that changed their site temporarily without actually taking anything down. I run a utility in my browser called NoScript for security reasons that blocks that sort of stuff anyway. So I went to, first thing in the morning, I went to Wikipedia to see if they had gone through with it, and they hadn't. And I actually put in the show notes, you know, that they backed down. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. And then I realized, oh, wait, it was just my scripting thing. So I turned scripting back on and then it worked. So you could get to anything. And I saw a teacher post on Twitter that uh, it took the eighth graders in his class about four minutes to figure out how to get to the stuff on, on Wikipedia anyway. Apparently college kids couldn't do it. Eighth graders had it. <laughs> well, Google was kind of funny because all they did was black their name out, you know, right. and and I, but it, it took me back the first time I saw it. I was like, "Oh, was, what is going on?" Yeah. So, so yeah, least, their Google Doodle was just a black bar. Yeah, I guess they couldn't yeah, afford Google to lose could a day go worth so of far as to like take themselves out of commission. That'd be like a you know ten billion dollars or something to them. Yeah, but you know, props to the to the people who did who actually took that yep. um, stand and risked losing audience for a day i mean there are people who were really mad at wikipedia yesterday now admittedly they're all back on wikipedia right now so it didn't matter but uh i wonder if a big news story had broken like another tsunami or or a 12 uh, point earthquake in in uh south america how many of those news sites would have said ah screw pippa we're gonna tell this story (laughs) maybe that would be the only article that you had access to yeah it could be uh, and I want just—I'll ask the panel here. Uh, I thought this might be a good idea, uh, opportunity to talk a little bit about licensing and intellectual property and what uh, SOAP is all about and what people are, are uh, were upset about, or do we care? Should we just do that or, or skip it? Uh, I can give you my my five seconds worth, and then and, and anybody else can shit yell at me and call me an idiot or whatever. <laughs> but I personally um, believe. believe in not pirating. Uh, I, I think that. Musicians and actors and people like that 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 work for a living that that uh, it shouldn't be pirated, you know. And um, I will admit that I have borrowed an application or two to use for short-term times, but um, there's not any pirated music on my iPod. Uh, Mark uh, Mark, you know, has ripped his own movies for his boxy um, at his house, and I sent him a list of the movies I owned. And said, if you already got those ripped, you don't mind dropping them in the folder so I don't have to re-rip them. But I did not say, Mark, give me all your movies. Right. Give me your whole collection. <laughs> um, so, Which stands right now at about 260 movies. I'm that much of an addict. Yeah, I've, I've got quite a few too. And um, and it takes a while to rip them on a little laptop that's got a small little processor in it. So 
Yeah, so I'm I am I am opposed to the idea, but I the method they were trying to use to solve the problem was bad. Right, and that's that's what I wanted to talk about. The idea was, uh, so say YouTube uh, has all sorts of content on it, all sorts of pirated stuff. We all know this. We have all gone to YouTube and looked at pirated stuff. You know, uh, the, as recently as this show. Right. Yeah, we have some a little bit ago. Right. If you've ever been rickrolled, that was <laughs> pirated content of Rick Astley there. So uh, there, it's all over the place. And, and that's a bad thing. As a content producer, you know, I am producing content right now. Believe it or not, this technically counts as content. I, as I'm, weak as it may be, right. this is still content. <laughs> I'm producing content right now, and I don't want it stolen. All right? And, in fact, we release our stuff under a, a Creative Commons non-attribution uh, share-alike. But basically, it says you can take our show, you can do whatever you want with it, as long as you don't modify it. I don't allow modifying. So you can take our shows, you can hand them around, you can pass them around, you can uh, rehost them, you can do whatever you want, but you got to leave them intact and you got to say where you got them. Uh, so that's our license. But some licenses say, you know, the MPA, uh, MPAA, for example, license for no- private, non-commercial home use, and that's just it. It, it you know, it's got to be private, it's got to be in the home, it's got to be for non-commercial. Um, and and so when their movie is up on YouTube, that doesn't count. So there's a problem there. And SOPA and PIPA were designed to create uh, to uh, deal with a real problem. But the problem with the way it was written was there was no due uh, process at all. So somebody could go file a complaint against YouTube for patented uh, for for copyright infringement, and all of YouTube is denied, gone dark, done. Then YouTube has to go appeal the process, say, all right, no, all right, we've removed that, or this wasn't right. Then they can come back up. But somebody else posts another thing, and immediately it's taken down. So it was just a badly designed law written by people who don't know anything about the Internet. And so that's why it got shouted down. And power to the Internet, we did that. We shouted it down. But it's going to come back, and it needs to come back in a more responsible way. I just don't know how you can approach this issue without it becoming a gigantic, unmanageable can of worms. Because, you know, like, let's take this podcast, for instance. We technically pirated a 30-second SNL clip off of YouTube. Should there be repercussion for that? I mean, that's different than downloading movie after movie, and maybe that's what they're more targeting. Or, you know, full episodes of The Simpsons uploaded to YouTube. I mean, there's a difference there, but... (laughs) Where is that gray area, and where does that gray area get dark enough that it now needs to be something that's punishable? And well, that's I, I don't why there know. There are already laws about that. What we did would be under fair use, where you're allowed to play something for for critique purposes, for news purposes, for content, content, comment, or satire purposes. So those yeah, laws we just did a commercial. There. We just okay. gave Saturday Night Live thirty free seconds of advertising. Right. Is what we did, right? So that's that. There's nothing inherently wrong with what we did under current laws and so that that was kind of my point we already have enough laws to prosecute wrongdoing but they were trying to and and this bugs me when people do that is trying to solve a societal problem with a technical solution that just doesn't work ever like blacking out online poker sites (laughs) yes yes (laughs) or requiring porn stars to wear condoms you know it's just it just doesn't work (laughs) Think about the great Google Doodle if they were going to protest that one. <laughs> wow. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> uh, so, well, your next, the next subject ties directly into this. Does. I mean, it's, right. That's why I put that there is Mega Upload Today. Okay. Mega Upload is a site where you can upload stuff. Okay. And that's all it is. It's just a repository. 
where you can throw something up there and and we've all used well i don't know about all of our listeners but everybody here in this this podcast has used something like that to send a large file that's too big to email or something like that so you put it up on a site where somebody else can download it that's what mega upload was originally designed for but it had been used for nefarious purposes you know lots of copyright infringement had gone on there and and lots of uh mega upload the company recently re- released an ad uh with with people, celebrities whose stuff is on there, saying I'm okay with it, I support it. It's a good thing. So you had uh, like uh, Kim Kardashian, not that anybody cares, uh, uh, or or other um, famous people. I'm I'm trying to scan the document and can't find it right now. But anyway, uh, there was legal, there was legitimate, there was content up there that was put there in on purpose, intentionally by people who wanted to be there, and there was bad content. Well, today the Fed shut it down and arrested. Um, the co-founders and and uh, um, federal indictment accused Mega Oppo of costing copyright holders at least five hundred million dollars in lost revenue. Now I have an argument. I have a complaint with this argument. There are people who will pirate things who will never buy them. Does that really represent lost revenue? They were never going to buy it anyway. That's what that comedian from Ireland or Scotland or whatever his name yeah, says. Louis C.K. Yeah. You, you got to wonder though about the residuals then too. You know, if I if there's a band that I'm kind of into and I go on honestly you can google a band name with mega upload as the site and you're going to find their latest album in a zip file that you can download from there. Like that's just the way it works. But, you know, there's a band that I'm into and I download their album that I wouldn't have bought on a whim anyway. I decide I'm kind of into that band, and then I go see him play, and I buy, you know, I spend a buttload of money on merchandise. I mean, that it, it it's a reciprocal thing. Like I get it; it is it's stealing, and it is uh, taking something that I didn't pay for. But at the same time, it's still benefiting that that artist. You know, they back, have to see it that way. Back in the days of Napster uh, and those sort of things, some surveys were done, and it turns out that the 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 biggest downloaders also spent more on music than anyone else. Right. There is a correlation there. Yeah, but uh, Mega Upload, at least for now, is gone. The feds took it down. So a day after a major protest against the government shutting down sites, the government shut down a major site. So there's a little circular irony there. I can feel it. <laughs> and then the, the next story has a. Uh, I put this in here before I knew about this, but it ends up having a little local uh, flavor to it. Uh, Paula Dean. The, the Belle of the South, the Queen of Butter, my kids call her the Butter Lady, lady when we watch her on television, has come out and said uh, she's come out of the closet. Uh, she's officially admitted that she... Out uh, of the pantry. Yeah. <laughs> has <laughs> diabetes. Uh, and and my, my immediate reaction to this was, who didn't see this coming? I mean, really? The woman uh, makes her living serving cakes and pies and puddings. And, okay, she's a diabetic. Nobody saw this coming. But, um, Aaron, uh, tell people your story about that. Yeah, so I was sitting at my desk the morning this uh, came out, and I got an email, and it said uh, from, I can't remember the guy's name right now, from the media department uh, of the company that I work for. I work for a fairly good-sized healthcare organization, about 7,000 employees, so you know, obviously I don't know everybody. But they had done a write-up in our corporate newsletter about my weight loss, and then also uh, in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is the the big paper for Atlanta. It's the, the main newspaper. And he remembered me from both of those, and he said, hey, uh, 
Gail Van Dive, or I can't remember her name right now. She's one of the Fox News reporters, contacted Piedmont, that's who I work for, and want somebody to interview that has controlled their diabetes by weight loss. Would you be interested in being on that? Because Paula Dean has just come out and said that she's diabetic. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. I'd be glad to do that. And he said, you don't have any problem with me giving her your information and so forth and disclosing, you know, that you, you, you know, had a uh, diabetic levels and now you don't and all that. I said, no, I'd give, tell her anything I want. That's all been in the newspaper anyway. He said, okay, great. Now she wants to meet as soon as possible. And I said, not many people have actually said this phrase probably before. I can't go be interviewed by the news. I have to play guitar for a flash mob. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so I was that was what I had to tell him. I said, I can do it like at one o'clock. So he said, I'll take your number and give it to her. And if, if, if they can wait till one, then I'm sure she'll call you, but otherwise they may have to try to find somebody else. And I said, okay. And I never heard from her. So I'm sure they were trying to try to round something up for the noon news. Cause this was like a 1045. Right. Wanted a quick so. fluff piece to fill three minutes, but yeah, uh, you know, you, that's all right. You can just, uh, amass your fame with the rest of us here on the LMS that's right. network. I did. Yeah. Wanna, uh, had a comment. day will come. Had a comment in the chat room, the gooey kid, Seth Anderson, who's been on the show a few times, posted uh, about piracy. He said, I played a, a pirated copy of Halo 2 and loved it so much that the next day I went and purchased an Xbox and Halo and pre-ordered Halo 2. So that uh, that pirated copy of Halo that he uh, found, at, you know, a friend of his or whatever, made Xbox a ton of money. Because he actually went out and bought hardware and two uh, two pieces of software, so it does happen. But having said that, piracy is bad. But they have the cool eye patches, and you know that's neat. <laughs> but you, you have to remember too, like with music, for example, everyone always says, "Well, you know, you're really just doing a disservice for the artist." No, you're not, because the artist makes like half a penny on every right. album that they sell. You're screwing the companies that are are backing them. You're screwing the record labels and all these, you know, big organizations anyway so i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm okay with that <laughs> Screw well, RCA, I like the, whatever i i am i am uh i'm not afraid uh, to listen to things on youtube and see you know about and and sample things on youtube i'm glad that content's on there so that i can go and not risk my money buying an album that, that stinks and same with itunes I, I appreciate the fact that they give you a little preview because back in the day well you know you heard a song on the radio that you liked, and you went down, you bought the CD, and that was the one good song on it, Evanescence, and all the rest of them really sucked. Uh, yeah, yeah. And iTunes, <laughs> Apple changed that model with the 99-cent download. Is Now you can just go get the one song. And right. You don't have to get everything that sucks. But, you know, if you have that on your uh, iPod or, or, or um, portable device of choice, uh, pay attention while you're walking because you may get killed. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, an- another interesting news article. Apparently... People dying walking is on the rise, and it's the same same thing. They're blaming technology, you know. It's the cell phones and the the iPods and the things like that. Uh, apparently, the numbers are up quite a bit. So, um, they're banning like an organ. Cyclists may get banned from using mobile phones and music players while riding. Um, New York's a senator wants to ban the use of devices while crossing the street. Um, it, and about half the people that were killed were actually hit by hit by trains which is kind of strange um yeah how I guess, tuned out do you have to be to not know a train is coming really? well I, if you have your uh, i guess if you're if you have your headphones on and loud enough it, you could and you like, can't feel the ground shaking 
I don't know. I, depends on what kind of train it is, I guess. If it was, yeah. if it was a small local train, like the, maybe like the little train on Mr. Rogers or something, but that probably <laughs> yeah, would trolley. How <laughs> embarrassing. Ding, ding, death Yeah. So I will be honest. I have seen people do this, not get killed by a train walking, but I have seen people step off curbs while they're on the, you know, um, trying to text on their phone, walk into poles, walk into people in front of them. Uh, I, I personally now, I, you know, if I drive up to the red light next to somebody and they're texting in their car, I'll honk my horn at them like that and make them do the, you know, the jump and, and jerk. Uh, but yeah, so if you're out there, guys, and you're, and you're walking and texting and walking and listening to your iPod, be careful. Be aware of your surroundings. And, and Seth, our fifth member in Abstentia, again, says in the chat room, this is simply thinning out the gene pool. It's actually long overdue. And I'm glad we're at a point technologically where we can impl- implement this type of population control. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. Uh, so, yeah, I have I have been guilty of of doing that. Where where I worked in in college was a, a warehouse sort of thing with forklifts going by and everything. And and I was walking along one day with my Sony Walkman tape player on. Yeah, I said tape player, and uh, nearly walked out in front of a forklift carrying like twenty thousand pounds that would have smashed right into me. So I can understand how it happens, but. My point is this, that was 22 years ago, and I was using what today is considered ancient technology. This is not new, right? So people being stupid is not a new thing. It's just more prevalent. Right. <laughs> well, the, the, I actually heard, you guys could probably tell me if this is actually an existing piece of technology or one of those things where somebody was saying that would be good if somebody did this. But I remember a year or two ago, um, somebody talking about an iPhone app that would turn your camera on while you texted so you could walk and you're, you would still see through <laughs> your phone. It would like overlay the camera image behind the screen while you're texting. Yeah. But who's going to hold their phone up in front of their face. They're going to be looking down and getting a nice view of the ground. No, see, you, you need, you need an app that, that ties in with the geolocation. So when you're texting, if you're near a train, yeah. It'll go off with like a signal, so you know. Approaching street now. Yeah. Train yeah, well, ten feet ahead. To put a, a, one more sensor, you know. They've got what like eight sensors in those that do different things. Now they just need to have like a little radar, you know. You know, it'll yeah, it'll warn you. You know, hey, you're about to hit something. Siri could just come in there and say, "Excuse me, sir, you're about to be killed. <laughs> Please sign here for a DNR, <laughs> a living will." So I. You know, I think we've all heard the apocryphal story that may or may not be true about uh, a man texting his girlfriend, hits her while she's responding to the text, and they, you know, he kills her, and they're both. Uh, yeah, the old uh, urban legend. Right. You know, that may or may not be true. Probably isn't, but it's a, it's you know, these morality tales come out. You know, the 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 guy with the bloody hook on on Lovers Lane, right, was a morality tale for the fifties. We're just having these new morality tales for the for the new century. Uh, and it will be, you know, texting and driving will kill your grandson or something. Uh, so, you know, just be, don't be stupid. Moral of the story, don't be stupid. Yeah. If you're going to be stupid, don't complain when you die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, moving right along. Um, Speaking of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, John, you're going to have to interrupt this one. I, I just, I can't even do it. This had well, to be a British article. <laughs> uh, well, uh, in Pennsylvania uh, earlier this month, 
a couple was caught trying to blow up a car, which I guess is, uh, as far as criminals go, maybe that's not anything too strange. But their weapon of choice uh, were flaming tampons. They uh, were surprised, surprised they were drunk. And they <laughs> they were out because all great ideas are, come from the bottom of a bottle. But uh, they were outside of a bar and apparently someone rubbed them the wrong way so to speak and uh they decided to destroy the guy's car and the police came just about the time that they were stuffing flaming tampons um into the gas tank and they had opened up the hood and they were stuffing them down the oil tank as well um i don't know it, i guess it kind of makes sense i'm sure that they're you know flammable and the right size for an oil tank i don't know I maybe a whole lot of fluid guess, i'm sure Maybe they just need, we should actually probably commend them for being so resourceful because they didn't have like a Molotov cocktail with them. They just used what they had. I, I think that's actually, it's showing some ingenuity. So I have to yeah. give them props. Yeah, were they, just, they, were they recycling too? <laughs> <laughs> so I can see they're stumbling out of the bar, you know. Um, Texting. Sta- staggering. Texting, yeah. And like, you know, that guy was such a, Dork, we 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 need a you know, dork. That's the censored version. We need to get back with him. What do you got on you? Uh, I got a lighter and some tampons. All right, we can make that work. <laughs> I have an That's idea. No, 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 no. We can't smoke him. What's to set him on fire and set him put him in the in the gas tank? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Well, the the uh, the, the crazy thing is is not that crazy thing. If you look at the the whole story, the pictures, crazy. Yeah, if you look at the picture of the mug shots in the article, it's like oh, um, she is a catch. And I just immediately thought, it's like, click, scroll down, scroll down, pictures, meth dealer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you, I read the, I read the title, uh, the caption. I clicked on the link and I opened it up and I thought, "There's, come on, this can't be real." And then I looked at the pictures and went, "Yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Can I, I say, can buy it." Can you say well, when herpes? You say, when you say this can't be real, John, then you must be referring into to your next story. The next story is even better. The next story, if it if a show title doesn't come out of this one, I, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can move right into that. Yeah. So the next story, uh, I actually I was really hoping that Mark would introduce it the way that I put it in the uh, in the <laughs> show notes, but okay. I, I, I will <laughs> do it. Uh, oh, oh, whoa! I just <laughs> opened too many uh, tabs in Chrome and it crashed. <laughs> so no, it's on. It's on you. All right. Well, uh, so th- this story comes out of North Carolina, and uh, I, the, it's a, another criminal story. A uh, guy got arrested for a traffic violation, and they throw him in jail. And uh, shortly after, a great big 10-inch long gun, 38 caliber handgun, was found in his, um, in his jail cell, and they couldn't quite figure out how it got there. And then they realized he had hidden it in his rectum. I we love had to the, go there. The we had we have to go there every show. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the actual title every of the article. Sh- For suspect, gun is a pain in the dot dot dot. <laughs> I know Wait. our listeners were like, okay, these guys are getting towards the end. They haven't talked about the ass yet. <laughs> <laughs> every show ends in the rectum. Is that what oh. you just said? <laughs> it all comes out in the end, doesn't it? Oh. So yeah, John's title for the article was Is that a gun in your pants or are you happy? Oh, it is a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at the the link, the the gun 
The gun looks pretty grimy. I have to be honest. <laughs> and they've got it in a box. They don't want it touching anything. Yeah. It looks like I have some remnants on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, when I saw that gun, all I, all I could think was, dear Lord. That's all I could think. Just, yeah. dear Lord. And if you read the article, the, the, the funniest part is down at the bottom. If you read that, no pun intended there. Uh, at the bottom, it's like a, uh, let's see. The 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 news station reported that Ward was being taken back to the hospital Friday for examination of quote possible injuries that may have occurred unquote to his rectum. <laughs> imagine that. Possible. In- now, could you imagine being the evidence officer? Right. I mean, somebody's got to retrieve that thing. So you you know, it's like, wait, do you have what do you? Oh, I do not get paid enough for this. How do you talk to this guy though? Like, how do you look him in the face? You're you're now the guy that has to like further interrogate, or even the doctor that treats him. How do you look at him and be like, I don't know if that's amazing or, or <laughs> just really creepy? How do you handle something like that? Well, one question: Did he put a condom on it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it, well, it in Los, if he actually inserted it when he was in Los Angeles, I think he'd have to put a condom on it. Well, my question is is. Did, did, did his partner in crime have the bullets? I mean, why, you know, he, he has a gun. He doesn't have any bullets. So what's he going to do? I love that you, you, the question you ask is how do you handle it? Because literally that would be the issue is how do you handle it with a stick and some yeah. formaldehyde is how I would handle it. Wow. Or, or do you prompt him along? Do you like you keep him in the, the jail cell with like a bunch of other stuff and be like, oh, I'm just going to leave for a minute. I'm sure everything is going to stay right here. I'm just going to leave my my bowling pin, my sledgehammer, <laughs> and my and, yeah, my, and my anvil. I'll and be my back. Hacksaw. Let's not forget the hacksaw. <laughs> wow. I have, a, I have a cheese grater. I don't know why I have a cheese grater, but I'm just going to leave it here. <laughs> if you could uh, appreciate you not putting it up your butt while I'm gone. Oh, well. Well, at least the show is going out with a bang. <laughs> oh. Whew. Wow. I, I don't. So, so, what's the takeaways from this show, guys? One, <laughs> don't walk and text at the same time. Two, don't stick things the size of your head up your rectum. <laughs> and three, if you're going to do it, use a condom. That's it. That's the takeaways for this show. We're all about being safe. Is it on possible this show? to, to uh, title a show I'm embarrassed to be on this show again? Uh, twice, yeah, two times in a row. <laughs> um, how, about, how about we could call it I'm still embarrassed to be on this show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, so this is the part where we have to face the music, and we tell people how they can contact us. And I'm going to start with you, John, because you were the <laughs> one who brought us brought us to the inevitable end. Um, John, how uh, can people contact no you? No pun intended, again. Yeah, if, if you're looking at uh, any, any inquiries into what other things you can stick in your rectum, uh, you can contact me with those. At Are you an John expert at, in things you can I, stick I, in I your am, rectum? You know what? I, would, I wouldn't say expert, but I, I certainly am an enthusiast, so I, I'm... <laughs> I could I could probably that's give maybe that's right the best there. advice. <laughs> Do you realize what you just confessed to? I, no, I'm just saying I I I, just, I have a good imagination, and uh, you know I if someone is looking for advice, I'm I'm willing to give that. <sighs> there, there's an old Eddie because, Murphy song, John. Have you heard the Eddie Murphy song? Which one is that? Just go, go just go. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. The audio of it is just go YouTube Eddie Murphy, uh, butt, and see if you find a song. <laughs> About it, I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you. It's from oh, his- I don't realize I can't. I don't know what I just walked myself into. Uh, <laughs> oh, 
So anyway, uh, if you want to now badger me about whatever I just set myself up for, uh, it's John at elementop.com. Okay, here's the new show title. Did he just say that? <laughs> That's a good one. Did you see the one I put in there, Mark? The one? <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly an, a, 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 an enthusiast. Oh, wow. I, I'm not an expert, but I mean, I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, Aaron, how can people contact you and, and commiserate with you about the fact that you had to be on the show? Um, at Chris Neves. Uh, for Twitter feed, uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much just double A R O N. That's A Ron with two A's at one meal, one workout.com. That's the number one, not O N E, because as we all know, if you write one meal, one workout and you spell it out, it's been a while since I've warned people about this, Mark. It makes one me alone workout. We don't want that. <laughs> well, if you have things placed other places, you might want to be alone. That's uh, very true. Sean, what about you? Uh, Sean TX on Twitter. Uh, you can Google Sean Kybel, K-I-B-E-L, and you'll be able to find me. Or just send me an email at sean at elementop.com. And my name is Mark Cockrell. Uh, you can look me up. There's only about 300,000 of us out there. But uh, I'm the one who has that name pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google+. Plus. You can find me there, plus Mark Cockrell. Or you can, maybe you've heard of this company that I started with my friend Sean there called Element Opie. Dot com. So elementopi.com is, is where you can find us. There's I'll be in the forums there hanging out. Just send anything to any address at elementopi and I'll probably see it. So that's me. So guys, any other parting words of wisdom about um, things that might be unsafe to put places before we go? I'm, I think I'm not saying all anything else this show. <laughs> uh, don't abandon a ship without wearing a condom. And while having a gun up your butt. And don't text. And don't text the driver. That's what happened to the cruise liner. We figured it out. He was texting with a gun up his butt. And yeah. between the two of them, he just couldn't keep the boat going in the right direction. That's it. So those little nuggets of wisdom you get here are only on our show. Yeah, see, I was trying to stay away from nugget references after having seen the picture of that gun. <laughs> and with that... That final insult to our listeners, I will say that ends this episode of The Periodic People. <laughs> <laughs>